What it do, what it do, it's Dr. Jordan Seda coming to you live from New York City. Are you ready to go to health and back? All right, let's get it. Welcome to Health and Back, a podcast run by a physical therapist focused on fitness, performance, and mindset tools for success. And now, here's your host, Dr. Jordan Seda. So we've concluded season one, we're kicking off season two, and we're coming in hot. I hope the beginning of 2022 has been a great start to all of you. And don't be afraid if things got in the way and life got difficult and goals that you were trying to go after in 2022 weren't exactly starting off on the right foot. And uh, listen, it's a journey. It's hard. I get it. I'm with you. I'm currently, if you don't follow me on Instagram at dr.jordanseda, just had to slide that in there. But if you don't follow what I'm doing right now, I have been trying gymnastics. I actually took a trapeze class recently. I'm still t training capoeira and I'm still lifting twice a week. So trying to find a balance between all of those activities while it, it has been cold as fuck in New York City. Uh, for most of January. So there's been a lot of environmental changes, a lot of physical changes in my life that have not just convinced me that I need to take a break, but has led me to find better ways to be sustainable, to take care of myself. And just putting it out there, I'm still out there on the dating scene. I'm out there going out, having drinks on Friday nights and people like, oh, well, we all know that alcohol is not going to help performance. It's going to interrupt our sleep. It's going to leave us dehydrated, but it's really difficult to become acquainted with people at this time when it's so cold. You can't really go out to a park. You can't really just uh, go walk outside. You have to kind of just have dinner, which we all know on a first date isn't a really good idea because there could be a lack of connection that keeps you from uh, wanting to stay there and enjoy your meal. And that's just the, the fat matter of fact. So been more drinking, which may or may not have an effect on my performance. I think it has uh, mainly for my sleep equal, uh, sleep quality, but otherwise uh, trying to still find a balance again between doing that, uh, staying fit, going after my business goals. So you're not alone if everything isn't going to plan right now, but remember why you are on the journey that you're on. Know that Difficult times are transient, they're temporary, there are always going to be valleys, but there are going to be many peaks. So on the other side of struggle, there will be triumph. So stick with me here. That's why we're going into season two hot. Uh, I just wanted to share that story, backstory with you because I want you to remain encouraged that things will get better because I know they will for me. Um, I actually booked a trip for myself to go to Italy very soon. I know people are like, oh, why would you do that by yourself, especially during COVID? You have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. I have to seize life by the horns, and I encourage you all to do the same. I have an opportunity to go now. I have an opportunity to try something new. I've never done international travel by myself, and I'm really looking forward to it, uh, meeting some people on the way, challenging myself to have to ask for directions or things of that nature that would normally make me a little bit anxious, but now I'm putting myself out there. Because I don't want to deprive myself of an experience of going to Italy where I'm half Italian. I've never, well, more Italian-American, like the Sopranos and stuff like that. But 
I don't want to deprive myself of connecting with my roots, understanding what it means to be Italian, if, even if for a little while and just scraping the surface. But that's what I'm going after. So I'm really excited about that. It's something I'm throwing my energy into. Aside from the fact that luckily it looks like the Omicron spike is attenuating here in New York City and likely the rest of the world. So people are more comfortable uh, being seen for in-person services that I offer, which is great. So I'm looking forward to business growing. But for now, one of the things I'm doing is working on content. I look forward to sharing a lot of that with you because it is going to be bomb. I'm collaborating with an amazing video editor and friend of mine, and it's going to be lit for lack of a better word, and I encourage you again all to follow. Uh, if you didn't finish season one, I have 10 episodes there, and we've had some amazing guests. I just wanted to, again, thank all of them, if they're listening to this, that for their contributions. Uh, they've really given it everything to take the time out of their busy schedules to contribute to my, my journey. My mission is impeccable, and there's been a lot of positive feedback about it. I, I think I want to strive for even more. I want to find more guests. So call to action in the middle of what I'm going to get into today, which is answering a lot of your questions. Um, if you know anybody who would be a great podcast guest for me. So what I'm looking for, again, fitness, wellness, entrepreneurship minded individuals, whether they're coaches, whether they're um, medical providers, etc. I want the opportunity to reach out to them because I believe that having diversity on this platform and allowing many individuals to share their stories is only going to help us all. I'm going to learn something. You're going to learn something. And that's how we grow. And I look forward to continuing to grow this podcast. So like I said, about a month ago, I posted a question on Facebook, not on Facebook, on Instagram. Well, it was on Instagram and Facebook. You know how that works. But uh, I, I just wanted to uh, answer a lot of your questions. A lot of it was focused on myths that people have heard over the years or things that they need clarity on. And I've got, I had quite a few responses. Some were quite comical, but others are very real questions. And I wanted to take this opportunity to answer them uh, as best as I can. So I'm going to be looking off camera a little bit. If you're watching uh, on YouTube, I have a, a list of videos on YouTube. And you can go check those out later on. My YouTube channel is pretty easy to find. Just type my name. You'll also see me dancing salsa in 2012. But uh, there's a lot of good content on YouTube with my name attached to it. Anyway, so the first myth is uh, cardio. Cardio being more important than resistance training. I know when I was growing up, I was told that running needed to happen. We all needed to be doing cardio, cardio, cardio. You go to gyms like Planet Fitness and other commercial gyms and you'll see loads of treadmills and ellipticals and so on. So you might have this impression that cardio is everything and that we need it. And I certainly agree that we need cardio. I think for our overall health, it's essential. But in terms of resistance training, how our bones adapt to load is by being loaded and how they're loaded is through resistance training. We need the muscles to pull on the bones, the tendons, the ligaments, and all, it's all those uh, interplaying together will lead to longer term bone health, increased muscle, um, what we call hypertrophy. Uh, it sounds like I don't know anything, right? But hypertrophy or a, a increase in muscle size. And if you want to go a little bit deeper into neuromuscular physiology, the amount of motor units per uh, cross-sectional area of muscle fiber is only going to allow for 
more strength. You're going to have a higher meta a greater metabolism because you're able to host more mitochondria. Uh, and for overall health, it's certainly beneficial to have more muscle and to continue to uh, do resistant training. Now, that's not to say that we all need to be like jacked people when we're doing resistance training, but to prevent osteoporosis, to prevent a lot of metabolic disorders, uh, resistance training is key. Now, on the other side of the spectrum, because I used to work primarily with powerlifters, I've seen that cardio tends to get um, left out of the program where cardio is considered any amount of repetitions over than five, over five in a, in a set of lifts. And that's like crazy to think that cardio is more than five uh, because they get tired for, for the most part. There are some powerlifters that incorporate cardio and it's, it's good, but for our overall health to play around with our heart rate and to not get winded just walking up the stairs, I think cardio is important, but certainly resistance training offers tremendous value. So if you're worried about getting too bulky, there that's another conversation that needs to be had uh, in terms of the appropriate volume of exercise for you, because it's not all about just putting muscles on. Another thing is I'm not athletic and I'm too old to start now. Well, there's a saying that I think many of us adopt that is everyone is an athlete. I think you're an athlete if you want to be an athlete. You everyone has a foundational capability to be good at something. So whether that your sport of choice is going to the gym and lifting heavy barbells, I've gone from being a baseball player to a salsa dancer, to a rugby player, to a, a barbell athlete, to a capoeirista, and now I'm doing gymnastics. So it's all like, yes, I have a lot of athletic potential and it allows me to transfer between sports. I don't want to say easily, but relatively easily. Um, so I'm grateful for that, but if you want to move, you're made to move. And I think there's a lot of inherent potential in all of us to do it. It's certainly very ill-advised to think that we're incapable of doing any sort of movement. I think the challenge has been historically, how do you find your entry point? Because a lot of people think that they need to do like heavy amount of deadlifts or they need to go run five miles in order to affect change but sometimes you just need to start somewhere else maybe lesser volume exercises lesser intensity and finding things that you enjoy again i go back to it all the time it's so massive to connect with an exercise because you start with passion you start with motivation and that'll get you along like past your new year's resolution for a couple of weeks it'll keep you going but then eventually you're gonna fall off if it's not a habit if you're not connected to something if something doesn't always bring you happiness i think once you're able to find happiness in exercise it's going to be part of your life forever whether it be that particular mode of exercise or exercise in general so you're never too old you're never too unathletic to find something that you can connect with and be happy with so Thank you, Monica. Shout out, Monica, for that question and for all your Italian recommendations, which I look forward to uh, feasting on literally in a couple weeks. Uh, again, next question. The only way to lose weight is by doing cardio. So yes, I've heard that before, but certainly as I go back to the first question that was asked, if you can program exercise so that you spend a certain amount of time in work, without rest, you can burn, you can lose weight by doing resistance training as well. You can do 
I know high intensity training is popular, but it doesn't have to be in the sense of a boot camp. It could be pushing three rep maxes of a particular bench press or a squat and not allowing yourself enough time to, well, you want to allow your nervous system enough time to recover, but not taking like 10 minutes of rest between sets. If you work relatively quickly, arbitrarily like three to five minutes between sets, I think that's enough to give your nervous system an opportunity to recover, but you'll be able to continue to push heavy intensities. Your body is going to adapt. And oftentimes we utilize our, our carbs and our fat storage uh, primarily. And the thing about weight loss, and I, I think my, the, question, the answer to this question might be a little bit jaded is because weight loss doesn't always come in the form of fat. Uh, oftentimes initially we lose water weight and whether you do cardio or whether you do well cardio certainly will decrease that pretty quickly but even if you're doing resistance training you're you're going to sweat you're going to expend a lot of energy and either way you're going to get a result i don't know exactly what the research would be about the the timeliness of losing weight doing cardio versus strength training because it also is very difficult to compare contrast in um, individuals like how much exercise uh, how much running or how much elliptical versus the same amount of intensity in like uh, a squat program or a boot camp it's really difficult to say but weight and i could tell you from experience weight loss number one occurs in the kitchen first <laughs> so you have to make modifications to your diet and what you're consuming it is as simple as input versus output you want to output more than you input to lose weight um, so i think starting there is the most important thing before you consider a modality of exercise whether it be cardio or resistance training but resistance training and cardio both are effective for weight loss especially when i go back i keep saying go back but uh, referring back to a previous point about muscle size and metabolism, just inherently doing resistance training will make it easier to metabolize uh, our energy storage, which comes from our food sources. So that's the answer to that question. Sofia, thank you for that. Muito, muito obrigado uh, pela sua pergunta. I think I said that right, uh, but I'll double check later. That was Portuguese if everyone uh, didn't know. Um, I have another comment, the rebranding of similar concepts under different systems, creating cliques of professionals that only believe their system works and bashing any other system that probably abides by very similar principles. Yeah, uh, we, we do see that a lot. Everyone's trying to, uh, in term, especially from a marketing perspective, trying to position themselves in a place where they're, they're different and or, or better than their colleague or competitor. And I certainly understand that um, I'm not, I, I know I, for one, don't try to, I first of all, admit if I don't know anything and I admit openly that I have a lot of learning to do. I think the challenge always becomes, well, what works best for the individual in front of you? I think it's a good idea to have multiple systems of thought and frameworks in order to come up with a best uh, prediction or best predictor of what's going to work for an individual. But I think it's so difficult to know all the factors that constantly change in their lives 
and how do you, I as a coach manipulate the physical load changes that will lead to adaptations, uh, longer term adaptations. It's really difficult to find that balance and creating a menu like a, like an algorithm or thinking about standardizing a certain approach and saying that it works it's like well even if it does work it's one of many systems that work if there was a gold if there were a gold standard system that worked everybody would be doing it and i don't think we found that yet and i don't think it's just skepticism that is keeping us from getting there so my man you down in uh, south carolina also podcast guest from episode five about holistic health and acupuncture definitely go check that out you you the man. <laughs> I'm so corny. I know. I, I, I'm trying. Uh, we're going to go here. We have a couple more. Uh, the idea that a, b between a before image and an after image, there was some kind of lightning bolt realization. Oh, please, do you know how much work this really is? Well, yes, you do, and so do I. So that came from uh, Cynthia. If she's listening, Cynthia, thank you for that. Uh, before and after photos, you know, it really does for, I mean, certainly it captures your attention because you see a dramatic change between um, the individual. But first of all, you have to think, did it happen in the time frame that they said it did? Was there any photo editing involved? And even so, what was the journey like that took that individual to get from one place to another? So when we're thinking about body image in particular, which a lot, most of us are keen on improving, is it like, what were the health habits involved? And did those habits become habits or was it just a very short term? Like I'm going to commit three months to dropping weight. And then after that, I'm just going to go back to the lifestyle changes that I had before. So we don't know 12, 12 months from then or a year from then, whether or not that individual still looks the same as they did in the after photo, but certainly for marketing, uh, it is useful to have a before and after. Uh, but I am also always, again, a little bit skeptical of results. If I see consistently, and I mean, I think it also think comes back to the source of information, right? So if it comes from a very well-respected uh, coaching group or training group where the principles that they withhold and abide by are supported by research and science and they don't cut corners, then I would be more amenable to believe that the change that happened was real and not fabricated by any sort of editing or just like take it or leave it type of uh, diatribe on, on social media. So definitely don't believe what you see all the time. Definitely ask questions, but yeah, thanks Cynthia for that question. All right, I have another question. Uh, I've never lifted weights before, so I can only train with dumbbells. Well, to be honest, I would actually argue that there is a, um, I don't wanna say there's a hierarchy of ways to approach exercising in the gym. I think dumbbells are a great tool. I use them. I think most of us use them if we do resistance training, but I would argue that a kettlebell is an even greater tool to introduce movement because of the way it's designed, its overall utilization. It truly is the Swiss Army knife of exercise equipment. And if you want to challenge me on that, feel free to. I uh, encourage that uh, constructively, of course. But uh, yeah, I think if I was training someone to carry an object, boom, kettlebell has a nice handle on it. If I was training someone to lift an object from the floor, very easy 
and not so intimidating to pick a kettlebell up off the floor versus a dumbbell. Like how, I, how would I even position a dumbbell on the floor to make it somewhat enticing and to limit the range of motion so that they're not re like, excuse me, so fearful of lifting it because a lot of people do have a phobia of bending forward. They're worried about hurting their backs. So how can I do so in a less threatening way? And part of that is using a kettlebell. Or if we want to scale it back even more, you can go on a machine. There's no shame in going on a machine. I use machines sometimes. They're pretty user-friendly and pretty easy to use. Uh, they're kind of foolproof. You just have to be careful uh, putting your fingers too close to pins and stuff like that. So I think there are, you can, you can train the way you want to train as long as technique and skilled programming are implemented, you can make it happen. All right, rolling along. Uh, warming up before working out and lifting isn't important. The only argument I would use to support that would be define warming up. So if I go to the gym and I, well, twofold, if I rode a bike to the gym or I walked to the gym, I don't, I wouldn't also say that I need to get on a treadmill or a bike to warm up. Now saying that if you perform better after doing a couple minutes on either one of those, then absolutely. But what is your intention in the gym? If your intention in a gym is to uh, go with like a higher intensity activity, would I really want to push too hard and get tired before I attempt a, a heavy rep? And certainly if I am attempting a heavy rep with like the squat or, or a bench, my warm-up will be built into the sets. So I will have warm-up sets at lesser, at progressively increasing intensities until I get to my working set. Uh, you can either stay at the top set or drop, uh, whichever that all comes down to program design and what works well for you. But warming up in the sense where it's like you need to stretch and you need to hop on the treadmill, certainly static stretching, uh, not necessary to do before exercise. Afterwards, you certainly can if it feels good, but not a deal breaker. So that's my take on warming up. All right, I have, I thought I had one more question, but I guess I do not. So if you are listening to this and you do have any questions about things that you've heard about fitness that you're not really sure uh, are valid and you want some clarity on that, I'd love to help you with that. Feel free to DM me on Instagram again at dr.jordanseda, that's S-E-D-A as I'm sure you'll see uh, if you're listening to this episode. Uh, but I like to keep these brief. Uh, I love sharing my journey, I, but I always like to give the floor to my guests when I bring guests onto the podcast. I think I filled you in on what's going on in my life and where it's going, and I know things are only gonna get better. If you'd like to be part of my email list, you can, again, DM me on Instagram, or you can visit my website, which is theabstractphysio.com. I have plenty of resources, including blog content that I've written over the years, but you can also contact me through there. You can schedule sessions to talk to me through my schedule now button on my website and either talk to me about potentially becoming my client or just anything related to fitness. I, again, want to be a resource for you to enable you, make you believe, like, for fuck's sake, I've been, <laughs> I went on a trapeze the other day like if you would have told me i would do that you you'd be so far out of your mind i would i wouldn't even know what to say so um 
you can do anything. I've challenged myself. I love challenging myself. It's the only way I improve. It's not easy. I get nervous. I'm not perfect. My body has been getting hurt sometimes. It doesn't mean I'm ill-advised. I'm pretty well understanding of my bodily sensations and how much to push it. And I think if you can appreciate that it's a journey and that things aren't always going to work out, you're going to be fine. All right. But other than that, it's been real beautiful people. I look forward to talking to you again soon. But for now, get out there and make shit happen. Thanks for listening to this episode of To Health and Back. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And in the meantime, to connect with Dr. Jordan Seda, you can contact him through all social media networks at dr.jordanseda and online at theabstractphysio.com. Until next time, and remember, if opportunity doesn't knock, build a door.